Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, Daniel Cotter. He is a longtime regular on the program. Uh, he is one of our uh, contributors, commentators, and really a go-to per- person for all things business and the law. And even a little bit beyond that, in fact, uh, and he does really play the role of a trusted advisor, not only to his clients, but to, to our radio audience. And I love that approach. So much of the law is uh, defensive-oriented, trying to mediate damage and that type of thing, which is insane. Uh, it's refreshing to talk to someone who has a real philosophy preventing damage from ever happening. And so I'm a big fan. But in addition to that, he's a big fan of history, a very passionate consumer of history, and has written a fascinating book on the Supreme Court Chief Justices, a history of those. And I, you know, with the and, and talks a lot about the other justices as well. And with the uh, passing of Sandra Day O'Connor, I thought I would ask him to weigh in on her impact, on her role, uh, and some takeaways regarding her. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you mention your book and the best way for people to learn more about it? Sure. And thank you, Kevin, for having me on here. And uh, uh, great to, to chat about uh, one, one of the pioneers in the, in the Supreme Court history. Uh, my book is The Chief Justices, and it's uh, available on Amazon.com. And it's really uh, uh, an accessible history of, of the Supreme Court and, and kind of our nation through the 17 uh, men who have served as chief justices, uh, starting with uh, John Jay and going all the way through to uh, Chief Justice John Roberts and, and, and his court. And uh, it was published in 2019. And uh, again, it's uh, my intention when I wrote it was to make it so that uh, lawyers, non-lawyers uh, could, could have a history and, and uh, make the court more accessible and, uh, much of the feedback I get get on the book is that it it was it accomplished its goals, and so that's uh, the book. And as you mentioned, I also talk a lot about the other uh, justices throughout our history. I have a weekly column in the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin, Cotter's Corner, where I've uh, talked about current court, but also uh, explored first, including uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, which we're going to get into more detail about. Yeah, absolutely. And let's start with that. She was an interesting lady. You know, I know that uh, a lot on the real hard right were kind of shocked when uh, she was appointed, uh, when uh, Ronald Reagan appointed uh, her. You know, Ronald Reagan had really been uh, positioned and visualized as, as really the most conservative modern president up to that day. And they were, I think a lot of conservatives were looking for an activist kind of judge and get that and her and I and they knew that from the, the beginning it didn't take them you know uh, any time to figure out that would be the case and so she was an interesting choice I think a great choice to be honest with you yep. uh, but but not necessarily one that was going to appease those that that uh, those who believed they were important in making Reagan get elected why don't you kind of set the stage with that sure so so uh, Ronald Reagan uh, was elected in 1980 and as one of his campaign platform promises, as you mentioned, he uh, said that he was going to uh, select the first female for the Supreme Court of the United States. And there, there's uh, some interesting history. There's a, a book that's out that talks about 
there were, there were several, uh, Nixon and some other uh, presidents had considered females, but it never, it never got to the stage where it was a serious submission uh, or consideration. And as you mentioned, Kevin, uh, when when she was uh, selected, a couple things. One is is that she uh, had served on the on the Court of Appeals, the Arizona Court of Appeals, uh, from 1978 till about 1981. She was on, on a Maricopa County Superior Court in 1974 until 1978. Uh, but she she really hadn't talked on a lot of the conservative issues, including uh, the the issue of abortion and. Uh, there's there's a, an excellent bio by Evan Thomas about uh, Justice O'Connor, uh, as well as other writings that talk about the, the the fact you mentioned is that, you know, she she was always kind of seen as a moderate conservative. Um, she happens to be the last person who actually served uh, in the legislative body of any kind uh, before becoming a, a justice of the Supreme Court. And like a lot of uh, like a lot of legislative persons at the state level or at our federal level, you know, the, the, those folks are typically known for getting things done. And, and she was kind of seen as a moderate conservative, as you said. And so I think there was probably, you know, she, she got confirmed 99-0 by the Senate. But but uh, as you said, uh, I think a lot in the conservative party, uh, especially with with President Reagan, as you mentioned, to, to that point in time, he was the most conservative uh, president that had been elected. Uh, there were there was some uh, uh, disturbances or pushback, and you know one of the things I think that is is, is one of the, the the fantastic legacies of of Justice O'Connor is is she never engaged in kind of the the the, the kind of uh, whatever you might call it these days with. The, the personal attacks and responding to them, Kevin. She was, she was uh, uh, just very uh, a, a model of decorum and a model of just kind of you know not engaging in that kind of pushback or back and forth. Yeah, a lot of the tit for tat, and uh, you know, there's you know, there's a couple of those that seem to really enjoy that, and uh, not to the benefit of the uh, nation. And, and you know, you point out the fact she won. Unanimously, yeah, and I do want to mention, yeah. mention because if you were if you were born uh, before Robert Bork, uh, <laughs> or if you were watching news before Robert, Robert Bork's appointment, them getting approved was pretty routine. Uh, when it was going to see that there wasn't going to be enough votes, uh, they could you know the uh, uh, the Senate. A minority whip could figure that out and say, "Yeah, we're not right. we're not going to go with this one." Now, they, you know, before Bork, um, there was, I think, a lot more generous view of appointment uh, than there is now. And I think saying no to a woman, by the way, would have been for the first woman at that probably would have been difficult luggage for any any senator. But I think as a gr- as a whole. It was overwhelming. The actual real support for her was overwhelming, and it made sense. And I think she was, uh, you know, rarely in the time she served in the Supreme Court. I, I personally, um, I'm, I don't think I agreed with all of her beliefs anymore than I believe in anyone's beliefs on everything. But I think she was thoughtful, deliberate, and first and, and a serious person which uh, is often hard to find in all branches of government these days. Yeah, she was. And, and again, she 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 was really uh, considered a consensus builder while she was on the court, as you mentioned. Uh, she dealt civilly with her colleagues. I mean, one of the things that's uh, uh, 
again, a legacy of hers is that still occurs, that, but, but I don't think quite as much is that uh, she insisted that all the justices eat lunch together. And so they started to, you know, after hearings and when they were in the court building, uh, they started to have lunch together and, and get to know each other. And, and her, her, again, belief was, was that they should act uh, civilly. And, uh, um, you know, she, um, and she, she, she was, she was a remarkable trailblazer even before her appointment. Uh, she, she, she was, uh, uh, born and raised on the Lazy Bee Ranch in Arizona. Uh, she, uh, only took her two years to get her law degree, which is a normal three-year curriculum. Uh, she served on the Stanford Law Review. She was inducted into the Order of the Coif. Uh, she's very, uh, very, uh, top of her, of her class. Uh, the editor-in-chief of the Law Review at Stanford University, by the way, when she was in law school, uh, was uh, William Rehnquist, who was uh, an, became an associate justice, and then uh, she served under him as, as chief justice. He was chief justice of the Supreme Court uh, when she started on the court. Uh, she, when she graduated in 1952, again, as, as a first, uh, as a female law student back in those days, there weren't a lot of uh, female law students, if you, if you uh, read about her or uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg or some of the other uh, pioneer law students, a lot of the professors and deans would ask them why they were taking up time and, and a position uh, from a from a deserving man. Um, she uh, could not find a job at law firms, at large law firms, and so she worked for free at the at the San Mateo District Attorney's Office for a short time and then became a deputy district attorney. Uh, her husband, when he graduated law school, he was a year behind her. He was drafted into the Army, and the, they, she went and worked as a civilian lawyer uh, in the Quartermaster's Corps in West, West Germany. Uh, she held that for three years. And then uh, she opened her own law office when they moved back to Arizona. She, she uh, had a second son, and so she took took time for a little bit, Kevin. And then uh, she uh, worked as an assistant attorney general, and then a state senate position opened up, and so the governor of Arizona appointed her to the vacancy. And then in 1973, she was reelected and uh, became a trailblazer in that arena. She became the first female majority leader uh, in any state in the union. And, and so back in 1973, again, that was not uh, we, we we now all see Nancy Pelosi and the, the Speaker of the House, but there was no Senate Majority Leader in any of the state senates at that time. And uh, and then she she went to the bench, and as you said, uh, she really uh, she she was she was kind of seen as this moderate consensus builder. And uh, like you said, nobody probably agrees with all of her decisions. Like nobody probably agrees with all these uh, any justices' uh, decisions that they wrote or that they're influential on, but. Uh, she she really has uh, you know a strong legacy and uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. It really is. I really appreciate you bringing her to our uh, you know memory, reminding us of her impact, and I think it is significant. And uh, really, I for one am very grateful to have someone like you on our team uh, to talk about uh, these type of things that are happening. And uh, I think she's so important. And, uh, you know, I'm a journalist, so I ask questions that people go, hmm, that was a little gruff. He doesn't sound like he liked her. I like her a lot. You know, and frankly, I like her more the older I get. Uh, I think I, I've learned to chill out. I think I was uh, a little more <laughs> a hard right as a younger man. And, uh, you know, and, and have learned with age to really value thoughtfulness 
really value people that are considerate to others. Uh, our model, as you know, for this country, e pluribus unum, among many, one. Uh, you know, I think that's probably in the shortest supply of virtually anything in this country in ter terms of a, of a guiding principle. And I, for one, am very interested in people that put that above policy, philosophy, certainly dogma. And uh, she was certainly a person who I think had that as her model for governing, for, for being a judge. I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, too. She, she uh, uh, announced that she was going to uh, retire. Her husband was, was sick, and, and, and uh, she wanted to spend time with him. And at that time, uh, Chief Justice Bill Rehnquist indicated that he was sticking on the court. And so the, the nominee for her actually was a, a person by the name of John Roberts, who's familiar to everybody. And then uh, 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 Bill Rehnquist, uh, shortly after uh, she announced her intentions, he uh, uh, succumbed to his cancer and passed away. And uh, the... Uh, President George W. Bush uh, took, withdrew uh, Roberts as an associate justice candidate, and, and the rest is history. Of course, he became chief justice, and so uh, the person that replaced Sandra Day O'Connor was Samuel Alito. Uh, and uh, so, and uh, again, <laughs> I wonder know. how much of that was a reflection of the criticism he got for Sandra Day O'Connor. Like, I owe those right wingers. Yeah, that that may have been, you know, that may have been the case, and uh, uh, you know, there's and again, there's stories about Alito that he 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 was hoping that he would be nominated to be the chief justice, but uh, that of course didn't happen. So it's uh, interesting history, and uh, he, he of course both both of Roberts and and Alito still on the court, but like you said, uh, she she really, uh, you know, her record holds up well. Uh, last term, they, they talked about affirmative action in, in, in the two cases, and uh, you know her case from from 2003, Grutter versus Bollinger. Uh, she had talked about a 25-year kind of uh, uh, look ahead, and that we won't need affirmative action anymore. And that was uh, that was cited in the opinion of, of, uh, of Chief Justice Roberts uh, when he uh, issued those opinions this past July. So uh, her her cases continue to to hold up and, and uh, hold up well. Very, very good. Great conversation. Thanks for, you know, bringing us some perspective on this. Daniel Cotter, we love having you on the program. Real quickly, give your website as we wrap it up and mention your book one more time and where they can find it on Amazon. Sure. It's uh, howardandhoward.com and the, the book, if you type in uh, the Chief Justices, the, the book will show up on Amazon and uh, it's available on Amazon for order and available on uh, Amazon Kindle as well. Yeah, it's a great read, and I encourage people to check it out. I am Kevin Price. You are listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Looking for more after this.